On today's episode of the Writing Fright Podcast, I'm joined by author Lee Mountford. Lee is the author of several novels and several series, including the Haunted series, which kicked off with Haunted Perrin Manor. And it's about seven books and a prequel into the run right now. It is one of my favorite series, so if you haven't already, check it out. Uh, all of his works are available currently on Kindle Unlimited. Today's episode, we're going to be covering starting your craft, strengthening your writing, dealing with reviews, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and building your team. We're also going to get into audiobooks, and pretty much we're just going to geek out about the craft. So stay tuned for today's episode of the Writing Fright Podcast. Welcome back to the Writing Fright Podcast. I am your host and fellow author, Tanner Rutledge, and I am joined today by Lee Mountford, the author of the Haunted series and a few others, including the Supernatural series, and he's just created this massive mythos. Hey, Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, Tanner, thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. There's a lot that I want to talk about today, but uh, but first, what got you started in, in writing and specifically in horror? It was kind of, I had a love for horror, I'd say, before before getting into the, the whole writing thing. Uh, when I was young, it was kind of watch films that were above my age range, um, got away with certain things. And I, I always say one of my first experiences was a, a program on, on British TV back in 92, which is called uh, Ghost Watch. It was done as if it was a live investigation, but it was a, the work of fiction and it was so well done. And it caused a little bit of an uproar in the country where people thought it was real and a lot of people were a little bit scared by it. And it, it got me, it shook me, but I loved it. So that was kind of my exorcist growing up. It was the thing that really sort of took hold, even though I had an interest before that. And then the writing came in uh, when I was at sort of uh, comprehensive school, which I think is, um, I'm trying to think of the comparison in the States. Um, but it's the, yeah, it's, it's the sort of the, the main school age, if you like. I started writing right then and, and horror was the natural fit. It was ghost stories, you know, monsters, that type of thing. That was always what drew me. And it, it's just gone from there. Um, and just, you know, all through my teens, I was writing short stories and, and trying to write novels and most unfinished. You know, I never really finished things. And that was my biggest drawback. And once I managed to overcome that hurdle, I think that's when things really took hold. But it's something I've done for, you know, since I was in my early teens, yeah, writing horror stories and things like that. That's awesome. So let's back up to that. That's a problem that a lot of writers had. I, yeah. Very similar background to, to me coming up. I, I wrote short stories and I wrote these little flash fictions and things all through school. And yeah. I started so many novels and never finished them. For yeah. you, what was it like and what did you do to finish that, that first novel that was completed? Yes. So my first novel was Horror in the Woods and I put that out in 2017. But I actually started that, I would say, in 2014. I started seating my pants, thought I'll write it's people lost in the woods and I'll just see what, what comes of it. It's a trope, but I wanted to, you know, play with tropes. I enjoy doing that type of thing. And it was going well, it was going well, hit a point where I'm thinking, right, what do I do next? And, and things start fizzled out because I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a, a route. I didn't know where I was going and I'd leave myself down, you know, these blind alleys with the right and think, well, that doesn't work. I've got to back all the way up here and start again. And it loses its momentum. So the biggest thing for me was, the, the whole outlining and plotting and, you know, having a roadmap before you, you really get going. Um, and that was the biggest thing to help me because I, I read a lot of King and, and King's craft on writing and how he says it's the characters that lead you, which I, I totally get. But for me, the characters led me into 
<laughs> way off track into this into the weeds meandering and uh, you know the story got weighed down and you kind of get frustrated with yourself when that happens uh, so I, I thought I'll, I'll try plotting outline and having a map and it really worked because it's not it's not set in stone it's not you have this outline and you must stick to it if you, st- you have your outline you start writing and you think oh I want to change this bit well then you know how it affects the rest of the story and you know you, what you need to change from there. So that was the biggest thing for me that got me going. And I still outline now, but different stories, I'll, I'll have different depths of outline, if you like. Some are very brief, and I'll, I'll write more by the seat of my pants, but a, a good few are, you know, outlined fairly heavily. And that was the big thing for me that, that really took hold and, and got me finishing my works, and, and things have kicked on from there. I think that'll help a lot of writers. I uh, I do something very similar where I have like a, a brief outline or scene for scene, but it changes. And a lot yeah. of people will argue that it'll stifle your writing and you're mm. stuck in this thing. But like you said, the outline's your first idea. Think of like yeah, first, draft first draft of outline. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's going to change. Yeah. So I love that. It's a fluid outline or, uh, yes. or I call it a rough outline when, whenever I get started. So that's, that was that's actually exactly what it. helped me sitting down and outlining it. Now, when you yeah. started writing, uh, did you have a daily word count or did you just sit and get done what you could get done? I did. I tried the word count thing uh, with my first. I wrote Horror in the Woods and The Demonic, which are my first two books. Um, and the Horror in the Woods was basically when I got lost with that old, old novel, I, I came back to it and thought, right, I like this idea. I'm going to plot the full thing out. And that's when I introduced these sort of cannibals into the story. They weren't in it originally. So it blossomed from there. But I thought, right, I have two books I wanted to write in quick succession uh, to really make a, a start and, and release one month after the other. So I set myself a target of when I wanted to release them, how long it would take. So I hit my, give myself a word count, a daily word count once the outline was done. And I was getting up at uh, sort of five o'clock in the morning to get the words in early. And then then later on in the evening, once the day job was done. Um, and I did do that. Now, I don't always do that now. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I dip in and out of that. But it did help that for those first two books because it just helps give you that that impetus and drive to, right, I've got to, I've got to keep going. And I think it's important to try and get works finished um, especially if you're starting out to, to get into the habit of, of finishing stories off so you don't develop the habit of it's okay to leave things, you know, just left undone. Um, that can happen, but if you're in the habit of finishing things off, that's a good good routine to get into, I, I believe. Oh, yeah, especially if you're doing this professionally. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If you've got nothing to put out there, nobody, there's nothing <laughs> for people to buy, you won't get far. I want to be a writer. I've got five pages of this book, six pages of this book. <laughs> I have 20 works in progress. <laughs> exactly yeah that was it and that was me that was absolutely me so these things really helped there and i know people say well it, it's too rigid and, and these these are the tricks and things like that but yeah so the tricks use them as you need to and if they help brilliant if they don't you know discard them it's it's what I, if you if you find something that helps you finish your book that you're really happy with it's gold you know that that's that's brilliant and if it doesn't work try try something else but get these things finished i think is the main main thrust to that yeah, and that's the this is the same approach I take. So I'm a personal trainer and fitness coach, and cool. that's the same approach I take to helping people train, uh, change their nutrition, or to yeah. get into the habit and the ritual of of working out for fitness. And it's something mm-hmm. that I've applied to my writing. Um, people that write into the show, I have them apply that to their writing, making yeah. it a ritual and and setting those 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 boundaries for yeah. yourself that this is going to get finished and this is the time I'm doing it is yeah. so important. It is. You have to make it a priority. If you, if you want to, if you want to do it, everyone, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm married. I've got a, a two young, young daughters. One's two, one's four. Um, when I started it, it, you know, it was just me and my wife, but, and I, I know I've got it a lot better than other people who have, you know, much harder lives, but you do have to prioritize it to an extent. Something's got to give. So if, if you watch, you know, maybe I spend, somebody spends an hour on t- watching TV to unwind, that's great. But 
if you really want to make the writing work, you know, drop the TV, put the words down. So if it's not a priority, it won't become what you want it to be, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does have to sort of get that space somehow. And I know it's more difficult for others. I don't mean to diminish that, but it, it does need the, the work to get to get done and you do need to make that a priority, I think, definitely. Absolutely. And you don't have to sit down and bust out 4,000 words a day. It doesn't have no. to be an hour. It can. When yeah. I started, I did 10-minute sprints. I had 10 yeah. minutes that I could sit down and I got to where I could pop out about two, 300 words in 10 minutes of first sprint. Yeah. And, and I would argue those 10 minutes were more productive than if you give yourself three hours to sit down and didn't know what you were doing because you know you've got to get those words done. So it, it can really help. Yeah. No, you set a timer and you just you just go that uh, yeah. after a while and it takes a couple of times of doing it. But that Absolutely. side of your yeah. brain just kicks in and you just yeah. get into your world and yeah. And make it happen. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Because, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. We love writing. It's creative. It, it is expression. But at the same time, it is it is work to an extent. And you have to sort of treat it as such. You can't just be when the inspiration strikes. That's when I'll sit down and write a novel in a few days. It, it, it's when the inspiration isn't there and you've got to sit down and, and knuckle down and, and put the words down that I think makes the difference. I think a big thing that writers have to have to come to terms with is the story is always inside you. You just have to find ways to pull it out when absolutely. you sit down to write absolutely fully agree with that yeah and you will find it changes here you know if you've got this block of clay and you're, you're hitting pieces away as the story unfolds to to see what's underneath it maybe won't be quite what you expect mm-hmm. but that's no bad thing you know you, as long as you're getting things done i think that's that's critical definitely yeah, and it gets better as you go and, and speaking yeah. of that the demonic is the earliest work that i've read so far <laughs> and in between the demonic and the mark there was a huge leap in the strength of your writing and and just your style in general yeah um between those two novels what so what things did you do to to work on that or to pull that out um with the demonic was my second book the mark was the fourth so there was a book in between that because i've also got six books that are sorry no three books that are a little more i call them an extreme series but they're only extreme in terms of goth they're not they don't delve into topics that are too extreme Mm -hmm. um so there was a certainly there was another book in between those two called tormented which which you know every book makes you stronger um but I, i read a lot of books on craft um I did, you know, write some short stories between and things like that, that um, when I had enough short stories, I turned it into like a, a collection. Um, but I, I, I do think the experience of writing Horror in the Woods and the Demonic together in quick succession is, and the editor, you know, I work with an editor who gives me feedback and that that really brings you on uh, leaps and bounds. So I'd say it's a mix of, you know, reading about the craft, but mainly is just doing and repeating. And, you know, feedback is critical. The, the, the editor I work with, Josiah Davis, has been fantastic, really, really helps with the craft. Um, so it's a mix of things like that, but it, it's it's been at it and doing and, and repeating and, and, and learning, not just making the same mistakes again and again. And because I know there's, there's, there's flaws in my writing and there, there definitely still is, but it's as long as you're getting better with each book, you're showing the progression and that's that's critical. That's my favorite thing about reading in the authors is um, you see the progression, even in uh, traditionally published. So Michael McDowell is, is a huge influence on me and is uh, one of my favorite writers and reading um, his uh, one of his early books. I think it was the first one that he actually got published, which was his fourth book, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the Amulet. And, and reading that book, there's there's a lot of his style in it. It's a fun story, but every first book has those flaws in it where, where a writer Absolutely. is finding their voice. Yeah, and going right. from that into um, Cold Moon over Babylon and uh, and the um, the elementals, uh, the the leap in his writing was was just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I've I've heard people there's there's two camps they learn from writing and then there's another camp where you learn from revision. Um, yes. Where do you fall in that? You learn more from um, writing it or revising it? 
I would say writing. Um, I think yes, I'd, I'd say that because um, because I, I put the work into the outline and and, and things like that, and make sure that this, I really like to have the story where I know the story's good. So if there are any you know flaws in in the in the, the technicalities of the writing, my hope is that the story pulls people through. Um, because every writer has those those blind spots and, and things where I, I mean it's funny you mentioned the mark I read that recently um, I needed to read it again recently and I was reading certain things and certain parts made me cringe I think on some chapter endings that are really there's cliffhangers and then there's the dun 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 where it's maybe gone a little bit overboard uh, which is something my editor hammers home with me so actually that really helped reading an old book back and thinking well there's all these these flaws um, that you know now that you're a little bit more advanced and it just hammers things home um so but i do think the the initial writing is where i learned most because that's i think if you can nail that the revisions become easier you know if you get stronger in your, your first second drafts things like that the editors and, and, and revisions become become easier but i do see the what people say about you learn through revision it's, it's critical as well but yeah for me i think it's the, the, the writing awesome and it's funny you mentioned that one of the things that I've done and, and that's helped me um, over the past couple of years to, to really jump as a writer, I go back and when I find someone that I absolutely love their work, I go back mm-hmm. and I read their first novel yeah. and I look at the things that took me out of the story or those things, like yeah. you said, it's like, hmm, those, those, <laughs> those chapter endings. And I go back to my draft and I, and I look yeah. at the work that I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, I did that right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> So, talk yeah, about your don't... chapter. Oh, sorry. Uh, talking about your no. chapter endings, uh, yeah. Purgatory. I could not put that down. You oh, you, you nailed the hooks at the end yeah. of the scenes and chapters on that. I uh, I read Fantastic. that in one night. I I sat down to read wow. it and yeah. just was going through it. And I was like, I have to go to sleep. I have I have <laughs> early clients in the morning. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm done with the book. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I really appreciate that. But I, hopefully, if if it's done its job, then that shows that because the Purgatory will have been my. Nine, ninth book so wow. obviously that that's you know maybe it's taken me nine more books to, to, to sorry hit that but it shows the progression and um, so no I appreciate that but what I'd say is I don't think writers should be afraid of a, a first book that has its flaws you know it, it, the horror in the woods is certainly my first book has its flaws the demonic but they all you know they, they're, they're well reviewed and uh, there's, there's some horrible reviews don't get me wrong but overall they, they're well reviewed and I'd I, don't be scared of that. It, it's not like people are expecting Shakespeare and, and, and things like that. It, it, it's okay to show your progression. Your first book isn't going to be perfect. It, it's not. No book is. Um, so make things as, as good as you can, I would say, as, as, as best you can physically make them. But know that there will be flaws and you can get past that. It, it's fine. Um, yeah, that was it, one thing I sort of took on board early and I wasn't afraid of that, I think, which has helped. Yeah, and if it's a good story, it'll pull the reader through. Yeah. Absolutely. Through the flaws, yeah. I, I've read books that have had grammatical errors that have mm-hmm. had, and you could tell like a, a line editor or a copy editor mm-hmm. didn't go through it and they didn't have it proofread. Yeah. The story was so strong and the characters were so well developed that it dragged yeah. me through. If you can hit those two things in your in your first couple of books, mm-hmm. you'll get your readers and you're going to get better at the at the stuff as you go along. No, but, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah, no. I mean, Horror in the Woods, my first book. It, when I, I I was new to the the, the industry, I was green. I, I hired an editor, and we did a, a line edit. And what I should have done, and I didn't realize, is that it needed a proof after that, and, and some beta readers. What I, I didn't know, and I, I thought, well, this is done. It's had its first edit, and put it out there. And there were a lot of typos, grammatical errors that were paid, reviewers were rightly flagging. And I was like, oh, what you know, I've missed. What have I done? What have I done? And then you learn more into it, and I should have had at least two more edits from this. So I've gone back and changed things, but. We can we can go back and change things. It 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 you know it's not the end of the world. So that was a, a good learning lesson. So but but I think what I would say is what you said there. 
people were still saying they enjoyed the story by and large and they were getting through it. So I thought, well, that, that is a major plus for, for a first book. So yeah, nothing's nothing's final. There's no no failures if you if you keep on going. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the thing, your writing's gonna get better. So like if you get those bad reviews, a lot of people will look at a one-star review on Amazon and be like, oh God, no. And it, it kills their their momentum yeah. and it kills their drive to keep writing. And they yeah. think their sales are gonna tank. If yeah. I see an indie author who has all five star reviews, mm-hmm. the first thing that pops into my head is that they bought them. Yeah. Um, so I don't trust it. Most readers don't trust it. So when I'm yeah. looking for new authors, I look for real reviews. I go through yeah. and I read the one, two, and three star reviews. And yeah. I look to see if it's actually been read and if their issues are technical or like what knocked it off. Um, yeah. Those bad reviews will help you sell more books than a five star review. Yeah, because it looks like an authentic book. Absolutely, yeah. And I've had some, some you know, really, really bad reviews. And, you know, bad reviews are every bit as le- uh, legitimate as, as great reviews. And I always try and look at them and, and see if I can take things from them. But if people panic about bad reviews, you, you kind of have to get past that. I had one that it said if Stephen King died and came back as a, a rotten corpse and smashed his head against the keyboard, it would still be far better than what this guy writes. And, well, yeah, it's Stephen King, of course it would. But <laughs> it's, you just have to learn to take these things on the chin and, and sort of roll with it. It's, it's all progression and, and there's no there's no failure with things like that. It, it, it's not... In the game, when I, it's easy to say now, but when I got my first reviews, they did sting, and they will. That, that's fine. Understand that they will, but it's um, it, it's something you can certainly move past and take heart from. And you know, one thing I found is if you look at other authors that you really enjoy and look at their reviews, there's people who will slate. You know, even the biggest best authors, mm-hmm. um, everybody's different. Um, so it, it's yeah, it, it's something to learn from, but not not th- not something to stop stop you right. Yeah, if you look at the giants in the industry, if you look at like mm. King, Coots, um, Anne Rice, who who recently yeah. passed. Of course, yeah. Um, they average like I think it's 3.5 or 3.8 stars on Amazon. Yeah. Bad reviews happen. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And that review that you got, I would frame that one and put it on a wall because as far as bad <laughs> reviews go, that was that was awesome. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> that's it and i don't say that you know the, the guy was honest in what he was saying and you know it, it's legitimate it's it's you know it's a fair review if that's how he found it there's no i have no complaints about it but it's just funny you see something like that and you think right well that could knock me completely so i just you know put close the computer and that's it or you can you can keep going um, oh no i'm reaching out to that guy i want to be friends <laughs> <laughs> it was a good imagination i thought there's maybe a story in that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, now, with your uh, with your marketing and getting into the publishing side, because you're not just a, an author, you you run a very tight looking and and um, just well branded. Thank you, author brand. I'm running out yeah. of words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first draft. Um, so, like your your website, your books, yeah. your covers, your your sales copy, everything mm-hmm. just flows so well. Thank do you. you run that, or do you yeah. have help with that? No, that 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 is pretty much me, and it is it, it is a side that I enjoy. So I, you know, really pleased that you, that you say that. But it is me. I mean, with the website, I, I work with the 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 Hannibal Hills, who's also my um, narrator for my audiobooks. Uh, he produced the website, and we work closely together on that. Um, but the branding was something I had in my head early doors. Is that you know I want my initial idea was if I have a you know a few books on Amazon. I want people to look at a cover and sort of recognize and think, well, that looks similar to the other one I've seen. Oh, it's the same same guy. That was the initial idea out the gate. So when I got the first two covers done, you know, I made sure my name was the same font and it was the same, you know, the font for the main title and things like that. And that ran through quite a while. Uh, 
and it is something that I had in my my mind early doors is to, you know, right, I, I want to have a solid brand in here and run that through rather than just, you know, throwing stuff up slapdash and disjointed because I, I think, I would say especially as an indie author, but with any author, I think branding is, is important and it sounds a bit markety and maybe gimmicky, gimmicky, but you want to stick in people's heads somehow. And if these people haven't read a book of yours before, which obviously helps you stick with them, how are they going to recognize you? You know, and you, you want to have that something that just draws people to your product page on Amazon or wherever it is. Um, so the branding up front was something I thought very hard about. I worked with my cover designer on the first two covers and that sort of set the stall out for, for future books. Um, so it is in with the Facebook group I've gotten and things like that. And the website, like you say, everything I wanted to make sure it tied in. So I would say to people who were, coming out the gates it is something to look at and consider you know other people certain people are going to be stronger in that regard than others but it's not it's a learnable skill it's not something to be scared of if you can you can dive in and just think things out logically is is i do think that the branding really helps awesome and you you hit on a couple of key points i think without really meaning to you have a cover designer you have an oh, editor yes, you have yeah. hannibal ha- handling uh the audio books yeah. and yeah. and design so you yeah. have delegated out the stuff that's not in your wheelhouse because oh, you're, you're a writer. This, that's yeah. your powerhouse. You make the stories and you, yeah. you call the, the creative shots as to how things are going to fit together. Exactly. Yeah. That's where a lot of people get lost. I see. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it was something I, uh, I looked into the whole in, independent publishing before I, I left into it and, you know, read about my initial thought was to try my own cover because you think, well, you know, it, it, it's money and um, yeah, I don't have a lot of it going in. So I'll try and make my own cover and you read the pitfalls of that and and looking back I'm so glad that I you know got the money together for, for I mean the cover I used was a um what's called a pre-made cover and um, where you know the, these cover artists will have these covers up on the website say you can basically have this for a discounted price we'll change the title to what it is for you and maybe the textiles um, and that was the same for my first three three books but because we could change the font type and things like that we could get that that thing sailing through but I knew I could not make a cover the people would be browsing on Amazon to see and go, that looks good. I'll click on that. It, it wouldn't hit. And you're out there with thousands and thousands or millions of other books out there. You, 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 you can't hold yourself back in that regard. Same with the editing. If it's not properly edited, people will read it and the story will get you through. But if it's to a point where it's really distracting the reader, that'll be it. They, they won't come back. Um, audio, you know, my voice is what it is. I have a, an accent that not many people will be familiar with. I didn't want that in my audio. I wanted a crisp, I wanted a clean professional, which is why we went with, you know, Hannibal Hills, who's fantastic. So all those things, I, I know what I'm doing, what I'm good at, what I want to stick with and the overseeing of the business, but I will absolutely delegate everything out that I need to, to, to people who can do it much better than I can, uh, because otherwise you hold yourself back. And I have to say, Hannibal does a great job with those audiobooks. The Supernatural yeah. um, horror yeah. series. I am um, I'm listening to that on yeah. uh, on Audible, and yeah. his his voice and the way that he gets into the characters and the production <laughs> quality that he put out for those is just that's it's it. on point. Yeah, that's it. And I found Hannibal by um, went through ACX for the the first book, which is Amazon owned. Um, I put a call out for for auditions. Um, and uh, you listen to Hannibal's and all of the auditions I got were great I wouldn't say any were bad at all they were all fantastic but Hannibal as well as doing the, the professional uh, voice work if you like is it was the, the professionalism of the, the product and I mean that by the, the audio was crisp it was clear there was no muffled static there was nothing like that it just sounded perfect um, so it was yeah it was it was Hannibal all the way from there and what I do like to do is work with the same team repeatedly some people like to chop and change which is fine but if I know I've got people, cover designer that, that's worked fantastically well. I'll keep that going. You know, we have a great relationship there. 
Hannibal on the website and the, the audio my editor, I don't see the point of having to look again for people to fill that role when you're not sure of the quality you'll get back. If you've got somebody who you've got a great working relationship, then for me, I, I, I keep that going, definitely. And if you haven't already, go to uh, LeeMountford.com, check out his website. This looks like a big five website. And this, the, no doubt in my mind that this helps move books. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, absolutely, it's, yeah. It's just... It's so user friendly. Um, mm -hmm. You can you can go through. Can you buy from the website, or do you just have your free downloads here? No, just a free download. But there's the links directly to the the Amazon store on the on the, the page, so it'll drive traffic that way. Now, when you published, did you go wide, or are you just Amazon? I'm just just Amazon on the the ebooks, and that was a decision I made early uh, when I was looking at the whole Kindle Unlimited thing and how many readers are there. Um, and because I've, I've because it's done well, I've, I've sort of stuck with the the Kindle Unlimited. So I wasn't, and other people will have different experiences, which is you know completely valid. I wasn't convinced that there was as big a readership for horror outside of the Amazon sphere. So you've got your Amazon sales, and then your Kindle Unlimited sales, or of page reads. And when I, I looked at that, and I, I you know saw other horror readers who were going wide and, and sort of dug into their experience of how how sales were going wide it didn't seem to be a great deal compared to what they could have moved in Kindle Unlimited where people download your book and read it. Because ultimately it's, it's it's readers, you know. I know the idea of wide is, you know, you can potentially reach more people, which would be perfect for me, but I questioned if that was the case for horror. I think certain niches Amazon has a, a stranglehold on to an extent. Um, and I know a lot of my readers are in Kindle Unlimited. And the, the latest book, Asylum, when I released it, I... Um, I messed up the release and it wasn't in Kindle Limited on the first day because I hadn't clicked, completely my fault, hadn't clicked the right button. And the, the amount of feedback I got were, oh, you're not releasing this on, on Kindle Limited. Uh, you know, I followed the series on that. And it was a lot of people. And I said, no, no, it's coming. I've just, I've messed up. It'll be live in a, a few hours. So that's the reason. But that's not permanent. Nothing's, nothing's set in stone. You know, things are fluid. So I don't know that I'll be in Kindle Limited forever. Uh, going wide certainly is an option that I'm always considering and looking at. So that's the path at the moment, but things are open to change, certainly. Have you been looking, because uh, with, with your branding, with, with, with what you built here, mm -hmm. um, have you taken a look at like USA Today bestseller list and the strategies to, to try to hit one of those for, for that? No, um, I, I, it's, I mean, I'm aware of that and that the strategies to hit on them. Um, for me, it is, it's in sort of in your head a little bit, but I, I, I don't put a focus on it. Um, you know, I, I look at my, my sales, obviously, and things like that, and, and that's enough. Um, I just want to make sure I'm finding readers and, you know, I spend my time writing, self-publishing, managing the company, things like that, but also, you know, interacting with the, the readers on the, the Facebook groups and things like that. So I haven't looked at the, the bestsellers thing. Um, I'm sure it can help if you've got that tag, you know, you can put it on, on a cover. But it's not something I've really given much thought to, in all honesty. No, I've gone back and forth on it, and that's one of the yeah. things with uh, with releasing uh, the Haint, which will be my first released book here in uh, mm -hmm. in March. Um, so, I was going back and forth: should I do Kindle Unlimited and yeah. and stay on Amazon because it is even the big name authors; it's eighty percent of their sales yeah. are, are Amazon. Yeah. Um, or as a small guy, should I go wide and use some of that some of the hacks that I've heard about to yeah. to try to land maybe my fourth or fifth book on on one yes. of those lists? Yeah. And I, I'm coming to the same conclusion that that you have that it's it's not yeah. that big of a thing for horror writers because yeah. horror readers don't care. 
yeah that, that's exactly right i think the awards and things like that it's not something i've really looked at even trying for mm-hmm. um because I'm, I'm happy with my sales um i'm happy with how things are going and i'm interacting with fans and think well what benefit am i going to get over what i'm doing now is it is it going to be something that's tangible and I, the same as you i'm not convinced and the thing is with kindle limit is it's it's a three-month thing uh you, you know you could start that way and then and then you know go wide from there there's no no, no nothing's final and definitive um but those tags um i've never really chased that or awards or anything like that it's not i think i decided early on i'm just going to focus on what i can do and build and you know um other things like that will will just come and go as the as they do and i don't put too much into it yeah absolutely and getting back to the readers again they don't care though the horror community yeah. is so yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah yeah that, that's 100 right and i, I I've tried not to. I just wonder is some of that maybe if I, if I want these these titles and you know bestsellers and things like that is that vanity, and if I go too far down that route is that just going to hold me back from what I really want? You know, the, the, who who am I really wanting this pat on the back from 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 other authors from the readers? You know, where what's my target? Who am I really trying to appease here? You know, and for me, it's it's writing books that I love and hope people enjoy them. Everything else is sort of you know so it's background noise it's static it's not really something that i want to focus on now coming out and uh, and getting into the publishing that's something that i that i came to the same conclusion on it's like yeah. what is is not really going to help sales is this just my ego and like yes. i'm like okay yeah. yeah that is exactly my ego it's like when i got yeah. into fitness and started doing competitions like why is being on a podium so important to me yeah that's my ego yeah exactly right yeah that's it yeah and i think you can you, you know egos is i suppose it, it's something that you can work with and and it's how you sort of you know satisfy that and and for me it, it's just reaching the readers and, and getting that feedback and people well I, I need this next book now when's this out and you think that's such a great feeling and somebody's this invested in what you write that's it's far more important than the you know the, the sunday times bestseller or the, the new york times bestseller list things like that it, it that's very much second uh, secondary once for me if if that oh yeah and even through the the podcast and the uh, the couple things i've done for for magazines the emails that i get from readers and the emails i get from listeners i love it's so it's better than yeah. sales it's better yeah. than um be, uh, it, it's better than if i ever am able to make a living as a writer mm-hmm. um just getting those emails that hey i love your work i have this question about that and they get like yeah. so detailed and into into what you're doing it's it's yeah. amazing yeah, that's absolutely right. I have a, again, I was thinking I, I want a, a team of sort of beta readers who I can send almost finished manuscripts out to, to pick up last minute typos. And I was thinking, well, I'll go to my readers, see if I can formulate something there. But, and I give the, the ebook away for free and I put the names in, but I think it's a lot it's a lot of time for people to ask this type of thing. Am I being a bit cheeky? And I put it out there and I've got like maybe a 30 or 40 strong beta reading team who are like, no, we, we want to do it. This is great. And they, they love it. And I'm so lucky to have things like that. Um, that, you can't buy anywhere else so it's yeah it's perfect it's it's really the community like you say is just amazing yeah that is that is awesome when you find your beta readers how Mm. did you originally do that it was i i looked at a few different ways and i thought do i put posts out in places that are a bit more generic or do i go to people who i know are already reading my work Um, and i have a facebook page and a facebook group and a mailing list and i put the call out there in those three places um and got the response and I didn't want it just to go on forever for the people to constantly sign up to because if it gets too big, it gets a bit unwieldy, unmanageable. Um, so I put an initial call out and and it was from there. It, you know, I got the responses almost immediately and, and got a, a, a team pulled together. And every so often people would just email and say, oh, do you, 
do you have like a, a team in place where people read things early for you? And I'm, yeah, I do. And in fact, if you want to join, that's great. But it's much more of a trickle now that it, it's manageable. But it was just after that initial, hey, does, is anybody interested in this? Just to my, my existing readers and people jumped on it. And it, it's fantastic. The feedback you get is is unreal. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, now, with with building your, your list and getting those people mm-hmm. together, uh, I'm on your website and I'm not seeing a place to sign up for for a mailing list. How did you... How did you aggregate when you first started? Um, it was in the, the ebooks. I, I I started out and I had a, a short story that I'd um, completed in 2014, um, which was written in diary format. Um, so I had that and I thought I'll give that away for free if people want to sign up. So I put it in the ebooks, uh, you know, for Horror in the Woods and, and Demonic. And I wrote a prequel for the Demonic short story. So initially it was those two short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I wrote other short stories as time went on and I bundled that together in a novel, uh, sorry, in a novel length short story collection called the nightmare collection. And now that is the book people get for free when they sign up. It contains the other two that I mentioned, um, but they should actually be something on the website. So I need to check that. They should be oh, no, I just, uh, yeah. I just found it. It's a download ah. free book and it's the, uh, the yeah. demon of Dunton farm and uh, the Hobbs hall diaries. Those were the original two, but now it's the, it's the so I'll need to update that. That's a good shout. It, it's actually the Nightmare Collection now because it's got more stories in. So it's a it's gotcha. a full short story collection, including those two. So it's still relevant. It's still right, but there's maybe more than people are expecting. Now, um, supernatural. It's, it's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Didn't mean to no, get you I was off. going to say it. No, no. no it's, um, it's on the website. It, it's in the ebooks and it's on my Facebook page and on social media and the headers and things. It'll be click here to, to sign for the mailing list and get your free, free downloads. So those are the places I tend to put that for the, for the mailing list. Awesome. Now, do you do a uh, uh, you do a newsletter as well to the to the people yes. on the list? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Usually, a couple of a month. Usually, I'd say. Um, and what I usually try and do in that um, is, you know, I, I always try and make a recommendation for other authors as well. Uh, you know, because readers, my readers seem to like that. You know, and I say up front, you know, I haven't read most of these, but this one's looking good. This one's on sale. You know, try and nab this now. It it it. You know, there's a deal on there, and that seems to get positive feedback as well. And um, so I think it's all about pulling each other up you know it's, it's a great community of authors we could have here as well so that's something i try and do yeah and it's a it's a great extra way that people don't think about to provide value to the readers mm-hmm. because you're not just selling them all the time you're like hey yeah. i ran across this awesome author who um yeah. i think you'll enjoy and they, yeah. they they get something out of that they out of that yeah. relationship which is what you're Absolutely. building with your readers yeah that's it definitely yeah how long did it take you to figure all this out and get it to get it together where it's running this type um that's a good question. Um, it's been a progression. Um, I'd, I'd say before I published my first books, I, I did research the whole self-publishing thing quite a lot. So I knew I needed to set up a mailing list. So I did that early. Um, I had a Facebook page, but not a Facebook group. Now I've got both because I think the way Facebook's currently working is groups tend to show up on people's feeds a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I read somewhere that if you set up a group that people have to join, it, it'll show up on the feed a lot more than just a, a regular page. But that's been a great little community setting up this Facebook group and it's grown. Started with a few, but there's you know a few hundred in there now, and the conversations there are fantastic. So it's been a progression, but I think because I researched so much, you know, initially and set up the important things like the mailing list and the excuse me, the brand and that type of thing, I think that really helped and everything else has been able to slot into that. So I hope I've, I've come out the gate strong in that regard, but it, it's a, an evolving thing. Um, it's just been ongoing and, and it probably will continue to change. I mean, my first website was self-built. Um, it, it wasn't great. And I knew <clears throat> I really need a professional website here. So everything that I've made in writing um, for the first few years, it was just reinvested. You know, there was no, I wasn't paying myself. It was nothing like that. I just, I wanted to build this, this 
this brand, this, this, you know, I just wanted to build it up and that I knew that needed reinvestment. And that was the, from the outset, that was the idea. And that doesn't change from writing to fitness to PI work. Um, the, the businesses that I ran before coming into writing, exact same process. That's yeah. just business. You reinvest into yeah. it. You start off doing everything on the cheap, doing it yourself, making mistakes. And then yeah. you, it, it culminates usually like five to seven years down the road, things are firing and you've got a good business that you can start pulling, pulling money yeah. out of. Uh, um, yeah. And I mean, I know we're, we're artists, we're, we're writers. Mm. And our big payoff is seeing people enjoy the work. And that I think mm-hmm. that makes it easier to do this with the writing. Yeah. Absolutely, now, did yeah. you own a business and run businesses before? I did. I had a, um, I work in um, architecture and sort of sustainability. <clears throat> That's been my, my career. Um, and in 2011, the, the architectural company I was working for, obviously the economy pretty much across the world was in a bad way. So they were making layoffs. Unfortunately, I lost my job. Me and another guy, we started our own small architectural practice, you know, doing smaller work. And I, we ran that for, for three years. And then, we, you know, we moved on from there. We still great friends. He was the usher at my wedding. But we were getting offers to move on to bigger and better things. So, But that that did help, that three years of running my own business and looking at, again, then we had to look at the marketing, that type of thing. We work with the marketing guy. And I thought, ah, back and right, I'll write all of our marketing um, materials. And I, I'll say this because I think it might be, you know, relative sorry relevant is um i went in and we sat down with him and i says i've got this this is what we'll use for the market and it was pages and pages and he just looked he says nobody's going to read that <laughs> why do people care and I, I sat back and he says no don't get offended why do people care you know you're trying to sell your architectural services you've got free sheets here that you want people to read is a, a little like leaflet that you're dropping in to people nobody will read it that's not how marketing works you've got a few seconds to grab them and that's it and that is something that i've taken through to the advertising and the the, the branding and the, the blurbs that I write on Amazon, that is really stuck because it's stung. You know, he, he told me that no holds barred. He didn't, you know, he didn't sugarcoat it. He says, this won't work. It's mm-hmm. a waste of time. And it was harsh, but it was so true. And I've really taken that through. It, it stuck with me that life lesson. So that's been a big help. I'd definitely say that one element, if anything, you know, there's been more surely from, from running my own business, but that one thing really stuck and has helped. I had the same thing happen back in, I think it was 2013. I designed and wrote my own website. <laughs> and uh, which was basically my first book. And we had yeah. uh, my, my marketing guy that I hired on looked at it and goes, there's a lot of good information in here, but why does anybody care to, uh, yeah. to read through it? Same thing. Yeah. Um, since then, I uh, getting into writing, I looked at ways that I could just move over into writing as a career. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to actually do copywriting. And I learned how to write yeah. for marketing, which has been yeah. huge for, uh, for getting people into my new fitness program. And yeah. uh, eventually w- working with him, he, I can't do visual stuff to save my life. Yeah. So what I, what I learned how to do is do little mock-ups and be like, this is kind of the idea I have, and this is the copy to go with it. Can you make this work? Yeah. And then just let your visual designer run with it. And that's, that's something it. similar that I'm doing with cover designers. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. You, know, you want people to the people who can do it best, you want them working with you to really maximize every element. And that, that copy is, is, is huge. I think you really hit the nail on the head. There is, is it's a huge, if a, a, you know, somebody who's looking to get in the right and can really nail that side of it, it. It's a big help because a lot of the times when we're trying to sell our own work, we're a little bit coy about it. Maybe feel embarrassed about wanting to put out and, and brag about, is that the right term, but to really sell it. So we'll write everything under the sun to try and convince people it's good without actually saying, you know, this is good, you should try it. We don't get to the point a lot in, in those type of situations. So I think that that's critical. That copyright writing skill is is key. Um, you know, you, you don't want 
seven pages on your your blurb when three paragraphs will do it much better you know mm-hmm. people are more likely to read three paragraphs than you know a full full page of, of things that really don't get to the point and that goes into your writing too just writing your mm-hmm. book you don't you don't need like seven pages uh, yeah. describing a screw unless you're Stephen yeah. king and you can do that <laughs> but <Yeah>. you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it springs to mind there uh, the book is yeah i love it but the, those pages think oh come on <laughs> get to the next part <laughs> yeah <laughs> choose powerful words yes. uh and and get to the meaning quickly in your writing and your copy and it just yeah it just falls yeah. together and your business find find yeah. what you do best mm-hmm. stick with it and delegate mm-hmm. everything else and i think yeah, you absolutely. really hit that Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Because the thing is, if you try and do everything is you've only got so many hours in the day. So if you're doing everything on the business side, your writing will suffer. Mm-hmm. Also, you can't be a master with everything. You just, you, you can't. If somebody is there who's a fantastic narrator, for example, and wants to write, then that makes sense if you do your own audiobooks. But if you're going to put something out that people don't want to hear, it won't work. Um, same for your covers. I'll try it myself. If you're thinking that, don't, because you'll ruin it. If, it, if it's not a case of I know I can hit this out of the park, don't do it. Put it to somebody who can't do it and hit out the park. Now, with uh, with talking about strengths, one strength of yours has been building this massive mythos um, through your books. How, and I know you're a plotter. How far ahead are you plotting in your in your series and and putting those connections in to to have that all tied together? So the original mythos came when I was writing the first two books. Or again, so this is how far back it's come. Now, at that time, I, I maybe. I wasn't 100% certain if I was going to keep that going through everything, but I wanted to have the option. So I wrote Horror in the Woods and the Demonic, completely two different types of, of, of story. You know, one's a haunted house and one's cannibals in the woods. But they have this link of this, this other world beyond what we can see. And, and um, so I made sure I included that in both. And then as the books develop, because it's kind of a sandbox that you play and creating that type of universe, you can have multiple stories in it. And that was the idea from the outset. And that could, if I wanted to maybe... I thought, I don't want to stick to this. I could do something else. It, it's there or not to, to use and pull into. Um, so it was an early choice to, to do that. I read, you know, I've read uh, most of Love, Lovecraft's work and he had that shared mythos. Um, and I know obviously Marvel do that and <laughs> look at how they hit it out of the park. And, but it was the Lovecraft side that I thought, I really want to be able to pull on that and readers can be reading through and it'll reference another character from a, another book. And I think, oh, cool, this is a, a wider world. And those little hints can give a feeling of a much bigger um universe out there so i think the little snippets help create that much more than you know long detail in one book of something that happened to another book a little snippet just fires the mind in what they know and, and i think people fill in a lot of the blanks and help create this mythos from there so it was up front it was an early early idea to implement in, into the books um, certainly so when i was yeah. uh, when i was reading the demonic the uh, the description and like how um how the laws of the supernatural entities worked yeah. Um, I, I read your, your haunted series first, yeah. uh, and I was tying it back. I was like, that sounds super familiar. I wonder if yeah. he was playing with this and this was like kind of a proto seeing how these, yeah. these laws work. And then when I got yeah. into the Mark, uh, which is yeah. the second book in the supernatural horror series, uh, yeah. it was the, uh, the codex. Yes. Codex. Yes. And I was that's like, right, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that link. Absolutely. And I was a little bit hesitant. I put that to my, my readers. I want to revisit the, 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 the codex here. Um, it was done in the mark. Am I just treading old ground and people going, no, it's a great link. You should, you should do it because this, the idea that I had in, in, in the haunted series, the codex would work really well. And I was thinking, do I create something else? And I thought, no, it needs this real world link. 
Um, so I, I took the leap and it, it's worked, as you've said, people have made that connection, loved it. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I was a little bit worried that am I just using the same trick again and again? But people have thought, no, no, it's a good callback. So I'm, I'm glad you have you've thought that. More than a callback, like uh, just as a reader, I kind of see it as a pivotal, pivotal thing because it's, um, ah, I don't want to get into spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm not going to say anything, sure. but we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk off, we'll talk yeah. off air about that. One. That was a good decision. Oh, Guys, if you, you haven't read that. these books, go read these books. This is quickly uh, becoming my favorite series in horror. Oh, wow. Um, Thank you. I love really it. appreciate that. Thank you. There's more to come, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead and end on that, guys. Go check out these books so that you can you can experience what we're talking about here, um, the character development, the development of the world. Uh, for those of you who are writers, this is a fantastic template to learn from to to build your world and to see how characters evolve through through the stories. Seeing Sarah, seeing David, um, the priest, Father uh, yeah, Ganesh. No. Father Yanosh, yes, yeah. Father Yanosh, seeing them come together in the chemistry in uh, um, in these books has has just been amazing. And the the supernatural horror series, I believe, as I'm reading through it, these are three standalones that are connected by an intertwined mythos. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, the haunted series is a series that follows uh, follows the characters going through, and I have not made it to the um, to the extreme horror collection yet. Yeah, but that one's no. coming. That's quite great, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, just just strap in for those. They're a little bit uh, <laughs> gruesome, but yeah. I'm okay with the gore, but that's fantastic. Awesome. You should and enjoy them. There's something that for for everyone here. Like if you if you like sitting with characters, I I started reading, and I always thought I was going to be um, because of my background as a as a private investigator. I figured I was going to get into detective novels, and that mm. entire genre, you sit with characters for forty or fifty books. And uh, so I really enjoyed getting into the um, um, the haunted collection because one with writing my work, I was like, how how do you keep an ongoing series going for like five or six books or or 10 or 12 or an ongoing series and keep the stakes high and keep Mm -hmm. the horror there where the readers because the whole thing about this genre is it can go either way. The bad guys can win. Everybody can die. So there's always that anxiety when you're reading these books how do you keep that up? And uh, what, what Lee's done here in these books, what you've done here in these books is uh, an amazing ex- example of how to do that and how to keep people's adrenaline pumping and heart rates up for okay. like, technically there's uh, six books in the haunted series. Really yeah. there's seven because you yeah. also got the, the novella. <laughs> the prequel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Read the yeah. prequel. Yeah. Thank yep. you. I thought that was a cool way of just like tying into a larger story as it's written in diaries. Um, as if it's an actual book out there about a real location, Paramana. It was just an idea that I thought was a bit different to give it just a, a little bit of something. But yeah, it gives more history of the, the house out of the first three books. Mm-hmm. So hopefully enjoy it. And I read it. Uh, guys, if you're reading this, like as a reader, I would recommend reading the prequel novella mm-hmm. um, after the second book. Yes. Before you uh, get yeah. into Purgatory. Yeah. Because yeah, you're uh, you're going to, the, the characters in Purgatory, you'll just, you'll connect with them a lot better if you read that prequel before you hit that book. Yeah. And you'll have more fun if you do it after, <laughs> um, after yeah. you hit the second book. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. But, so glad you enjoyed them. Oh, they're, they're great, man. So uh, where, uh, where can people find you? Um, and 
the website is www.leemountford.com um, on Amazon, on Facebook. Uh, if you type in Lee Mountford author, I'm sure you'll find me that way. Twitter is, again, Lee Mountford. You'll, you'll type in Lee Mountford Horror anywhere. I think hopefully you should you should find your way to me. Awesome. Uh, you on social media, uh, your Facebook groups and stuff. Guys, connect with him. Get in those groups. Uh, sign up for the newsletter so that you know when things are coming out. And absolutely follow his author page on Amazon. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Writing Fright. We're going to be back in a couple weeks uh, with some updates and possibly another interview. So you guys stay writing and you can connect with the show on Facebook, Twitter, all of the socials at Writing Fright. Also, follow us on Twitch. There's going to be one writing session a week that I do on Twitch. If you're having trouble sitting down and getting your writing time in, then write your book with me. All right. See you next time. See ya. Thank you.